That was, of course, Just Friends with the legendary music soul child. What's up, guys? You're listening to The Beat London, 103.6 FM, with me, Vashak, on my show, The Social. I have been with you since 12 o'clock today, and we are going all the way into 2 p.m. Now, it is my favorite part of the show, because we are getting social with our guest of the week, Rich Black. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Yeah? What's up, people? What's up? What's up? You are a creative, you're a poet, you're a designer, you're a TEDx speaker. Yes, I oh, watched you did it. Research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good interviewer. Uh, and you basically exude all things expression. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here with us today. Nice. It's good to you like that be, intro? It's good to be back in the, the second mm. visioning of this space. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, amazing. So I want to start off by asking, Mm -hmm. um, why do you choose the variation of mediums that you do? So I I mentioned all these different things that you are. Why do you choose to be all of those very many different things? Because most people just choose one track in life and they're good and they keep it going and they get strong in that. Um, You're you're kind of a multifaceted artist. Is there something intentional about that diversification? There's no choice. Okay. Um, There was no choice. Literally, since I was a kid, Mm. I knew that I didn't... I was was creative. Mm. And I fell into fashion. Mm. Um, I don't know how I got into fashion, if I'm honest. Um, Mm. And... But once I was at fashion college, I went to the London College of Fashion, um, it fit. Mm -hmm. I was always into sports and art. Mm. So... Yeah, one thing led to the other, and then, yeah, in, in school, secondary school we're talking now, so we're going way back. You know, of course, me and me and the boys started a rap group. As you well, do. You have to, it's a rite of passage. You're right. So are you real, are you a real person unless you do that? I'm telling you. Yeah, 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 and we yeah. thought we were going to, like, take over the world. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't. We, like, took you over, did like, it? little spots in London. Okay, okay. Um, you know. But we had, a, we had a load of fun, and then that dropped me into spoken word and poetry. Okay. And I was introduced to that through... Um, super dope guy called Roger Robinson mm-hmm. who's um, shout out Roger and, yeah Roger but he's also a T.S. Eliot um, award winner so oh, he's, wow. he's like, legit he's he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. certified yeah man Roger <laughs> Robinson shout out um, and yeah and from that from there it got in you know it got me into kind of education in a, in a, in a small way mm-hmm. because poets always seem to get roped into mm. work with young people mm. using poetry and writing as a way to get young people to express themselves mm. advocate on issues they care about and so that led to another thing where you know into other spaces where people would ask me to get, get, get involved with other bits and pieces exactly well. and also fashion as well so that's it, beautiful you kind of just like followed your passions by the sound mm. of it and it led to these different Different avenues yeah. that have that are you know you're still used to this day, which is great. I guess then my my next question, which is one that I'm most interested to know about, is: Are you aware of your own conscious mind? Because uh, we can never escape our conditioning as people. Yeah. Um, we all come into this world with a worldview and a certain you know uh, understanding of how things should go and what we like. Are you aware of what elements made you, or do you not try and pay attention to that too much in the day to day? Man, do you just live? This is like the, the best question for uh-huh. a Sunday, uh-huh. Sunday afternoon, so, right? So I said I'm excited. Um, this is what I want to... It's my favourite kind. Uh, I knew I should have gone vegan today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, am I aware of my conscious mind? Mm. Um, I'm pretty self-aware. Okay. 
Um, I'm, I, everyone thinks they know themselves, and I guess we all do to a point. But mm. I'm, I've always interrogated You really, really myself. know. Oh, like I, yeah, yeah. And I will question myself. I think it's a Libra thing. Okay. Um, so scales. The scales, yeah, balance, yeah, yeah, weighing yeah, up yeah. all the alternatives, all the options. But a lot of that is a lot of. Um, yeah, um, a lot of, I guess, talking to myself or writing to myself. Mm. I think the medium of poetry got me to be really um, introspective. Mm. And th- when I started on that, I guess, spoken word poetry journey, mm. um, my mentors would always push me to go further. You know, because mm. I came from like a, a rap tradition where you brag, you it's talk about the things you want. It's outlandish, and it's da 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 da. I can do this, and I'm this, and I'm. Where verses going in, and verses going in yeah, word, and I looking mean, what that looks like. Yeah, hip hop does go in. Like yeah. I think as a music, a certain form, strand. Um, I think most of it actually. Okay. I think most of it. If you listen to a lot of MCs, rappers. No, you're right. Um, you're right. You're right. You're right. They will go in, and they mm. they will be pretty introspective, but to a level. I think poetry and the discipline there is to you know to, is to shed more layers mm. and get right to the honesty or the truth the, real, or the, the, the raw truth the raw yeah, truth right right exactly. the ugly raw truth most times uh-huh. right, right right the kind we like yeah. over here the vulnerable the, yeah, yeah. The it's vulnerability. vulnerability I think yeah, there's a, yeah, lot of, yeah. a, a lot of poetry um, pushes you to be more vulnerable mm. and that's a scary place but it's also I think the strongest place to be. And as a as a young black man in society today, how do you deal with that? Because you're not necessarily pushed to be that way. And I say this often because mm. a lot of people that I speak to who are creative um, are not necessarily in spaces where that's always been accepted or, or, or the done thing. Yeah, I think the pressure as a, a black man in this mm. society... Um, in this country, there's this pressure to not be yourself because people are afraid of that. Um, there's a pressure to, I guess a lot of it, you know, to maintain dignity. And a lot of the bravado that you see, you know, is people hold on to their dignity. When you're stripped of so much stuff, mm. whether it's you're disenfranchised economically, socially, all you have is your dignity. And so, my voice, right? Yeah, and and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advocate for myself in these louder ways, perhaps, that I may be more defensive sometimes um, because the world doesn't see me or hear me versus being a more vulnerable soul. That That's more for the confines of my home I, I, or relationships. I, I, I think is that? there's two strands. There's being a black man, there's being a man. And being a man is defined in, in quiet square boxes yeah narrow boxes boxes are square um in, narrow, in quite narrow boxes where to be a man you have to portray certain elements and a lot of those kind of revolve around strength um mm. and power and mm. whatnot mm. and then being a black man i think there's a lot more stripped from you so these things are more important because mm. to be able to feel safe walk the street safely mm. um carry yourself with like i said some some kind of dignity you have to you know you're fighting against the world a lot of the time yeah. and yeah. other people's mm. mis- misconceptions of you so mm. a lot of it comes out in these in these in these other ways which seem to be just raw bravado when it actually it's masking quite a lot and it's it's an armor it's a coat of armor mm. and um yeah but these are thoughts and ideas that i've come to from 
from talking to people, mm. um, delving deep, mm. you doing, know, the yourself, doing the work, doing the work, but also just just knowing myself and knowing mm. others that look like me, mm. you know, young mm. black men. So, yeah. Absolutely, well, that's a beautiful segue actually into the work that you do do mm. with young uh, black men, you know, of all kinds. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about Hood Mentality and and then how, what drew you to that project? Ah, uh, Hood Mentality is um, so Hood Mentality is a really dope project that uses. Um, Sport and creativity, I'm working on the creativity um, strand of it where we use um, rap lyrics. Well, no, we use lyrics in a really general sense, whether it's spoken word, rap, prose. We use words to help young black men who have gone through mental health issues. They've mm. gone through mental health institutions sometimes. And we use this as a as a, as a, as a kind of like a cathartic catalyst mm. um, for them to... Into some of those process, processes that we spoke about earlier in terms yeah. of allowing them a safe space probably to be vulnerable and, and expressive. It doesn't necessarily mean they have mm-hmm. to bear their soul to anyone then don't want to bear their soul to but they have the option and having the option can be life-saving well yeah i mean what it is is these are guys who they understand and know their story more than anyone else right mm. on a really intimate level mm. and a lot of it is just having them to be able to express it and express it in a safe space mm. around people who look like them because it makes the, safe, the space safer mm. and we use spoken word and we use music to mm. kind of bring it together to advocate on these issues mm. and I came into this project through another project called Black Men's Minds which is very similar um, working with an awesome artist um and filmmaker Stephen Rudder at Quiet Voice. So he's the person that's kind of conceptualized mm-hmm. hood mentality mm-hmm. and black men's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I facilitate the spoken word Amazing. aspect. That is so powerful. And and what are your takeaways from those kind of conversations? Does it make you have to reframe your own worldview? Is it because I'm, I'm guessing it's such an interaction, right? It's a give and take, mm. as all educating, as all good educating should yeah, be, right? Yeah, yeah. You you give them a lot, but you take a lot. Um, what what have what has been one of your biggest takeaways? Just emotional. Um, that from those conversations these guys are literally um, you know a, a moment or two or incident or two mm. or event or two away from yeah, yeah, yeah. myself mm. you know literally in speaking to these guys they've gone through you know we've lived this very similar lives mm-hmm. but something's happened and it's taken down this other strand mm. so we're really similar but also these guys are the most honest lucid yeah. um and they're present they're there right super present mm. but they understand their story so much and they're willing to go there like wow. the golding I have to do and wow. the, the work I have to do to get people you know when I'm working in spoken word spaces to open up these guys open up immediately so they're really they're kind of sensitive and they and, and I think these are some of the triggers um mm. But yeah, but these guys, they are the most, I think the most honest people I've been around in terms of this process. That is so, so beautiful. And I guess for you then, as a creative, um, having this kind of receptive energy with all that's going on around you, with all that you you give and you take, what is the source for you um, to keep creating? Where do you get your energy? Do you use your own narrative? Do you use these moments to kind of build the um, next thing you design the next word you craft right yeah, wow, wow, wow. Good. Oh, God, these are meaty questions I told you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for me um, I think as a creative I kind of absorb everything like, I see everything mm. I take on everything um, and I think 
I'm not alone in that, but mm-hmm. I can be inspired by anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's my main thing is being open and remaining open. That's the biggest challenge. Without it taking over. Absolutely. Right? Because to absorb so much, you know, you, you know, you mm-hmm. have my ways of expressing it. And mm-hmm. I think Boundaries my, are important, right? Boundaries are important just for self-care. Yeah. But um when it gets too much sometimes or something. Yeah, yeah. Your, your mind just keeps this always ticking. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah, ticking. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in terms of me when I'm creating fashion, I I kind of just go into this zone where if I'm working on a project because I work as a freelance. I work as a freelancer. So mm-hmm. um, I work on on, yeah, on on various projects and the first step for me a lot is just kind of absorbing who the company is where they're at where they're trying to go mm. and then all these different influences and allow them to come to you let it all come together mm. and then yeah go forward in the same things with my writing it's they're just all different modes of getting out ah what a textured life that's beautiful you get to just kind of sit there and let the inspiration come and, and hopefully translate it into better <laughs> but it is that though like nothing like actually I read a really good book um, by Elizabeth Gilbert the other day called Big Magic just finished it and she says in it it actually is that simple because all jobs are hard right there's no job that is just perfectly easy and seamless you just gotta choose the one that you love the most um, more than the hard bits so with that in mind you have the best piece of the pie really from at least my perspective let's let's put it this way so I generally work within my passion, so I'm, I'm blessed in that sense. Mm. Um, You're like, this is late work. That's what I do every day. Yeah, but <clears throat> there's, like, it's, it's, it's super hard. I think fashion, I think the, the biggest bugbear for most designers um, is that the idea that we sit down and just make, just, you know, nice little pictures all day. And right, right, right. Work. Oh, you don't do that? Oh, you don't do that? Stop girl, you don't, stop you don't, you don't, you don't, they don't stop take girl. pictures on? I was, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Trouble. Trouble. I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's the process is a lot of work. Yeah. I, I've i never had a nine to five. It's more like an eight to 12. Did that drive your parents crazy growing up? Um, or were they yeah, all like... Yeah, as long as I'm, I was doing something busy. Okay, but, um, that's good. It's, yeah, you don't sleep. Mm. And... I've yeah I've been locked in buildings because I've worked past the time when the building shut down and Mm. and locked myself in the building Mm, which was mm, mad mm, we've yeah we've had to had you know have dinner as teams in and on at our desk because we were just grinding trying to make the collection work um yeah it's, it's a lot of work and I think a lot of creativity you know is it's the process that's a lot of work the ideas and inspiration it's developing them to the point where sure. you're ready to share them with the world that's the and to that point then how do you know when something is done because personally I'm a poet as well and I used to struggle because you always want to add or like craft I love editing so editing was my thing right and they're always wanting to just kind of wait I can do a little bit more here and here and here because there's more expression in this one kind of channel you want to you want to get to how do you know i just asking it for myself really uh, uh, that, that something is uh, done and you can step away from it objectively and know okay cool this project this clothing brand this whatever has reached completion Deadlines. Deadlines. Okay. Life. <laughs> Life does that to you. Deadlines. Life um, does that to you. If it's my own work, it's... I can... I'm a perfectionist, so it can they, it can drag on. But if I'm working with people or we've got a deadline... Corporate um, something, something. Yeah, especially with work. Um, I'm working with, you know, various companies I've worked with. We work within deadlines. So a lot of the time we have to create 
in a really short space of time. Like most time is research. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. But when do I know something's finished? Mm-hmm. It's it's when it feels right. I think it's there's a time when you know that you've caught the emotion, um, you've said what you want to say, and it's good enough. That's that's the phrase I'm trying to trying to live with now. It's good enough. Otherwise, I'll never finish anything. We'll be back with Rich after the break. Welcome back, guys. You are listening to The Beat London, 103.6 FM, with me, Bashak. And that was Eleven by Khaled and Summer Walker. What a vibe. I love hearing these two on a track. Now, we are back with the lovely Rich Black in the studio. That rhymed. How are you doing? Still with us? I'm still here. Still Still alive? alive? Yeah, man. Um, it's all good. It's all good. Now, before the break, um, we were talking about all things expression and, and, and kind of finding uh, projects that come to completion and understanding when they do come to completion. I want to know... All right, I'm going to switch it up. You are a new father. Is that correct? Yeah, two when years you... two years deep. Two years? Okay, that's really new. What do you like most about yourself that you would like to pass on to your daughter? Okay. See, this one's nice. This one's easy. That you like more, like, an attribute or character that you're like, I like this a lot about myself that I want to share. Because I think often we're not very good at saying what we like about ourselves or loud about it. And I want to encourage that spirit. I think Mm. what I like most about myself, I Mm. think for me, they're two separate questions, and I'll say why. Um, Please. I like that I'm pretty honest. Yeah. I'm, so I'm working my way to be like 100% honest. Sure. All right. Um, I'm, I follow my passions. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I'm a decent person generally, right? Um, mm. More so to a point, it's a really interesting question. I never thought about that in that terms. Um, but with my daughter, I have a young, have a young daughter. Mm. I'm very conscious of not... Um, passing on my issues Mm. to her but Mm. also letting her be her own person like I'm really conscious that she's her own person her own spirit children come to you but they live through you is that an idea yeah in a poem yeah but she's also I just want her to be her in in a lot of senses I I see myself yes I'm a parent but I don't own her Mm. right um She's going to. I want her to be able to make her own decision mm-hmm. based on whatever, whatever facts or truths or understanding she she has. And my role essentially is to guide her through these processes. Um, and that's the approach I generally take, especially because I have a daughter. I'm very aware of the world she's coming into, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be overprotective as a father. Sure, sure. And I don't want to be too prescriptive about mm-hmm. what. A daughter should, should be, be or, should or be, do. Or, how, how am I going to know? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is that's very true. You know, but I have, I have understandings of the world, and mm. so I try to create nice frameworks and boundaries for her to be able to navigate. Mm. You know, through all of these things, mm. and that's just my journey. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pilot, and she, and she's the boss. All right, I love basically. that. And about yourself, then I guess you like that honesty and fluidity the most. Yeah. that you're allowing her to do those things hmm. because you have in your soul th- these belief systems that aren't actually belief systems but they are in, in, in a sense that they're free, freely I'm given pr- yeah I'm pretty that- open minded I think that's one thing I do okay. like about myself okay. and my belief is that like, you know people I let them be who they are right? mm. I don't impose my ideas of how people should be it's either we gel or we don't mm. but do you like be do you regardless yourself. and yeah. I'm a do me yeah, it's gonna basically. be good I love that 
And what do you feel like your work is on this earth to do then? Like, what what is your... Because we always talk about the work, right? We talk about the work from a political sense or from a, a racial sense. And da, 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 da. What is your work um, in all the identities that you hold? Um, what does it look like for you? I think it's broad an understanding of the experience of a black man, black person, or from mm. a black perspective. Um, mm. But more than that, just here are some perspectives from someone who doesn't necessarily define themselves because they're black, right? I am, mm. and it, it brings a lot of um, ideas and experiences mm. and politics, mm. and I embrace those 100%. Mm -hmm. you know, but you're not just that. Well, yeah, no one is no just, one is just these identities, mm. right? But it's one that I'm going to push forward to help create understanding, but also a lot of my work is working with young people mm -hmm. to help them just to advocate on the issues that they feel passionate about and I use creativity to do it and I think that's my core mission um, other than that it's just you know just try and be creative and live a, um, a life of integrity really I love that a life of integrity Whew. you're hitting it alright um, now for me personally I was speaking on the first part of the show about uh, advocating for yourself and finding your own voice. I personally had to have a lot of difficult conversations this week in my life that weren't pretty. And, and um, I want to encourage people to, to do that because I think if you don't do that, it leads to confusion and clarity is beautiful and clarity lets things progress. And da, 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 da. Uh, In your work with young people um, and as a designer, as a, as a visionary in these ways, um, what does listening to your own true voice mean? Because off, off, off air we were talking about kind of all these companies that you do collaborate with and they'll have certain views and visions themselves. How do you make sure your own true intuition with it um, stays true and stays intact with intent? Okay, mm. so if I get that right, if I mm -hmm, repeat mm -hmm, back to you, how please. do I work with all these different, in these different spaces, in these different spaces, different companies, but still maintain my own integrity? Your own voice. My own voice. Um, with integrity, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It's, that's actually really important to me because I do work with, and I've worked with lots of different companies and lots of different spaces. Um, and essentially, when they come to me, they come to me because I offer a certain something mm. right? and that's quite clear in the conversations in the work that I put out um, and my role is kind of dual because I don't own the companies mm. right? and so if I'm working with you it's to help you realise your vision mm -hmm. my integrity at this point is to not sell myself short yeah. um, and do something that I couldn't look back on and stand by but at the same time mm. I'm at service to to, to you because I'm a consultant mm -hmm. generally so for instance I worked on this new um, fashion brand called Nonchalant mm -hmm. and you know this was a brand it's based out in um, it's based out in Atlanta ATL um, but it came through a consultancy based in New York mm -hmm. um, Forte Communications and I was approached because they like my aesthetic they like you know how I work you know um, and throughout this whole process you know we built a brand that was a aesthetically um, uh, progressive mm -hmm. in the sense that it was streetwear but with you know it was kind of 
I guess sophisticated for lack of a, a, a more sophisticated sure. way to say that. Like a premium um, It was take? premium. Yeah. It was a really clean take sure, on sure, sure, this sure. kind of duality that Atlanta has in the sense that it's got lots of civil rights movements, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's got like strip culture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, how do you blend these two ideas together of, of an experience in a way that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got like the Martin, the Martin Luther King Center mm-hmm. out there, but you also have like strip clubs. And mm-hmm. so it was a commentary on that. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of the line was about... Um, cool progressive movement it was about um disrupting Mm -hmm. preconceived ideas and Mm -hmm. notions Mm -hmm. um and doing that with integrity and these are things that i do stand for Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. we all we all most of us have lives that we live that aren't just one way Mm -hmm. right we can be really spiritual but at the same time if music comes on in a club we're gonna go jam to it we gotta express ourselves right so a lot of it is finding that balance and this mm. is what a lot of the line was about so that's what I tapped into in terms of my own personal belief systems because you were doing a project you believed in in terms of the value yeah, system of course and then you execute according to their vision yeah and in terms of how we produced the line which is really important mm-hmm. was that we found a really great manufacturing partner that was really sustainable mm-hmm. you know they operate like a low waste uh, manufacturing facility so in terms of and they you know they pay people decently mm-hmm. so in terms of how we produce the collection mm-hmm. there's a lot of integrity about how we go about that so in all the package was something that I can stand behind and be quite proud of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked on different lines um, one which is really left field I worked for Puma for, for a while and I worked on a golf line like <laughs> golf, golf. <laughs> and, um, yeah and, um, but what drew me to that was the fact that they wanted to disrupt the idea of how golf was, we just was perceived. Yeah, we exactly. Just no, exactly. But <laughs> this a, exact moment. Yeah, but there was a time where golf clubs wouldn't admit women. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Some yeah. golf clubs wouldn't admit women and we were like, okay, yeah, that's BS. Mm. Um, we also challenged this notion that it was old-fashioned, that it was something that was pretty inclusive. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, uh, exclusive, we want to make it more inclusive. Sure, sure, sure. So in terms of the product we designed, the marketing that was put in behind mm-hmm. it, we took over golf courses and did all the things we weren't supposed to do on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And it was this idea of we're going to disrupt this kind of conservative, um, very white idea of what golf mm-hmm. was. And we're going to just broaden it out to young people, to women to people make it more accessible ethnicities and, and make it just just bring it into modern times and so mm. as a mission I was like I'm down for that like, mm. that works for where I stand in my politics mm. and so working on a on a golf line our mission wasn't just to do more of the same it was to really disrupt it and switch things up so I love that and in terms of doing more of the same then there's a lot of uh, kind of white corporate culture in today's world post Black Lives Matter post George Floyd post everything else that's been going on that kind of is just hiring black people left right and center for in my opinion the wrong reasons and it's very tokenistic and it's very uh, you know waving a a flag just to say that we've done it versus actually what is your hiring like you know what are your practices do you promote Um, where do you stand on that when a company comes to you and they're like okay cool all right, Rich, you're, you're a guy from the culture. You know, you, you, you come from the underbelly of understanding what things are actually, what, what cool looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to hear that from you from a consultancy perspective. How do you navigate that? Because they need the information, but it's, it's, it's in my opinion, it's not coming from a true place of wanting to embrace black culture. It's from a, we're doing it because we it's a cool thing to do mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, so mm-hmm. with... Um, you know the Black Lives Matter movement which has kind of been running for like seven eight years at least and people are just kind of catching up to it um, and it's going to continue um, I think 
What's interesting was a lot of companies who threw up black squares, like really quick. And, and that was it. That's all they did was throw up a black square on social. Um, nothing about changing the way their company operates or really just re-examining themselves. And I just kind of raised an eyebrow to that. And there's some brands that I just decided I'm not going to buy from mm. just because it mm. just seemed really tokenistic. Mm. Um, at the same time, you know, there are huge gaps in, you know, um, the hiring process for mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. There are massive gaps in terms of who not only has a seat at the table, but who has a voice yes. while they're sitting on that seat at the table. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's one thing that needs to be addressed. And sometimes you have to, I guess, force these, force these issues and you may need to hire a more diverse boardroom, a more mm, diverse mm, management mm, team. So the conversation shifts because the conversation so, so does enables, not shift enough. Yeah, so it enables the combination to shift mm, because yeah. you've got voices that are empowered. Um, and I think that's what's, what's really important. But I think there's this notion that people are also, that I've seen in some of my circles, that people are wary of the fact that it seems that people are being hired just because they're of a different colour. Um, yeah. Not because they can do the job and do the job well. And I think the companies that get it right do make space to hire more diversely, mm. but they hire people that can also do the job in a really awesome way, mm. right? So, mm-hmm. because people, we, no, we're talented. Yeah. No, we, can, we can do the job. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. about having the opportunity. So I think where I stand, when companies do it right, mm. it's great. When it's tokenistic, it will, it will kind of show through because the companies won't really change. You know, And would you tell them really if change. you were involved in those kind of conversations going, actually, nah, I'm not going to be involved or would you rather be the guy in the room at least if you're in the room? Well, if I'm in the room, I'm kind of, you know, I just kind of say what I, what I feel most okay. of the time anyway. Um, but even where I am now, um, I work at um, the London College of Fashion, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. um, and I lecture there. So I essentially build a curriculum sure. um, for some of the units that I, I lead on. And within that, I just make sure some of the materials that we use mm. are more diverse. And mm. that's the one way we, you know, and, and the university, you know, they've gone public saying this, you know, we're all about decolonizing our curriculum, wow. which is just bringing the new users. voices to the, t- to the table. Wow. And so as a part of that, it's not just, you know, the staff, and it's not just our, our, our student communities. Mm-hmm. It's also about, you know, the reading materials we reference, the reading materials we validate, um, mm-hmm. um, which is, and the validation is a whole long process. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what we bring to the table, making sure that it's from diverse yes. and broader spaces, yes. right? That's essential. And companies should do the same. It's mm-hmm. just use broader sources. It's mm-hmm. not super deep. I love that. It's really good. Now, I know that you have launched a collection for a brand called Nonchalant. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other bits coming up that we need to know about? Um, and how do we find you on socials? Um, so on social, the best place to find me is at Rich Black Shoots. Um, black spelled B-L-K. So it's R-A-C-H-B-L-K Shoots. And then there's Rich Black Inc. So Rich R-A-C-H-B-L-K-I-N-K. Um, in terms of what's next, I'm working on a spoken word project. Oh my um, like goodness. A legacy, a legacy project. So that should be coming out pretty soon. Okay. No, actually no, it's going to be, we're, we're going to be, it's going to be produced pretty soon, but it's going to come out I think next year. Okay. Very exciting. Um, and for the rest of it, I'm, I've focused a lot on the education side at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of transitioned into that for now as I develop. Yeah, I've got lots of stuff I'm sitting on. So All right. it's about well, letting marinate. We are excited. You heard the man. Go follow him on socials. That was Rich Black in conversation with me up next we'll be listening to some lockdown with coffee